everybody! Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Today we are going to be discussing The Promised Neverland Season 2, but before we get into that, what are you been up to, Brad? Life. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired. Everything is going downhill quickly. Work has been an absolute mess, mm -hmm. but... I got Demon Slayer next Friday. That's just what I got to keep telling myself. Yeah. I'm a week away a week from away. being able to go to the theaters. I bought 10 tickets for mm -hmm. that, by the way. Mm -hmm. So there are 10 of us that are going to be going and enjoying Mugen Train together. And I am so excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But other than that, the GTA RP server has been a blast. I've been experimenting with my characters and the shenanigans we've been getting into. Yeah. So, again, it might feel like a plug at this point, but if you want to play, take part in shenanigans, take part in my streams that go on Echelon RP if you own GTA Five and download 5M. It's a lot of fun. They're adding so much to it. A lot of it I'm kind of helping with, helping them develop the seafood restaurant on the server. I'm going to own and operate it as the Russian mob. That's going to be a fun time. Mm-hmm. But they're putting so much time and effort into it. It's literally a labor of love at this point. So feel free to play with us, take part in it. Come find me. It's not hard to find me in the Russian accent. I'm only one on server. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much all of my week is consisted of. How about you? What have you been up to this week? Oh, uh, not much. Not too, too much. It's kind of hit to... What we are considering fake spring here in Canada. So this mm -hmm. is the spring before actual spring. Because it's due to snow this weekend. But <laughs> it was like 30 degrees on the deck today. So mm -hmm. it was lovely. But yeah, it's not going to last. Well, that that's no fun. But yeah. then again, it got down to zero for y'all last night here. Or 32 degrees for us. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really weird. The days are kind of warmish. And then there are some days where it's hot. Yeah. It's like it can't distinguish between winter and summer. So it's <laughs> yeah. like there hasn't really been a springtime this yeah. year. Yeah. It's that's, been that's hot Canada as fuck every year. or cold as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's that's no Canada in between. Yeah, it's, it's t-shirt weather out there right now. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Slight breeze. So you might, if you're like me and you live on the cold side, you might need a light jacket or something when you're in the shade but when mm. you're in the sun it's really really lovely but yeah uh, sunday it's due to snow so <laughs> so what i'm hearing is is that your care package other than the keyboard is basically useless to you right now <laughs> i live in a very cold basement so anything warm and snuggly i'm good for oh anytime, okay yeah excellent, anytime excellent. Of the year. splendid Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else did I do? I went snowboarding. We're going to Lake Louise next week, which is super exciting because it's like a much bigger ski resort than the place that we have our season pass at. Mm -hmm. Lake Louise is, is a very touristy town and like mm -hmm. spot. It's known internationally around the world as being like one of Canada's most beautiful locations. Mm -hmm. Which, it, note to tourists, if you're coming to Alberta, Lake Louise is, is really nice, but it is so touristy. I recommend you find somewhere like Emerald Lake, or like there's a bunch of other lakes that aren't too far from Lake Louise that are much less touristy. And if you're a hiker or something, they have better trails. So, hmm, interesting. Just, secret tidbit from a local 
that, uh, yeah, Lake Louise is great, but there's a lot of other places as well. And like Lake Louise and Banff and places like that are very well known, so people tend to go there a lot. And if you're um, in the middle of summer, they are very crowded a lot of the time. Parking is hard, you're surrounded by all kinds of other tourists. It's less like immersive because, mm-hmm. you know, you get like those buses of people where they're on like a bus tour and then they'll get off for like 45 minutes and take a bunch of pictures and go to the gift shop and then they all get on the bus and drive away again to their next stop, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's less like relaxed. It's more like you feel there's a bit of a pressure to take your pictures and go. So, like, New York City or Tokyo or something like that, yeah. essentially. Yeah, like that, but the <clears throat> mountain version. <laughs> ah, the Canadian version, The Canadian version, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, like, the, I mean, I still recommend going to them, but I wouldn't recommend, like, if you've got a couple weeks in the mountains, I wouldn't recommend spending your entire time there. I would, like, go there for a day trip because you're still going to get, like, all of the landmarks. Like, they have stuffed grizzly bears and stuff that you can take pictures with. And, you know, so you could do all of the the touristy stuff. But I also would recommend, especially if you're a hiker or a rock climber or, or, like, a mountain biker or whatever, if you're going in the summer, there's a lot better places to go that have a lot quieter trails elsewhere. Hmm, I see. Mm Mm-hmm. But Lake Louise has a really, really good ski resort thing about it is, is that it is very expensive compared to the one that we go to normally because it is a top level ski resort. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of them over in BC and here in Alberta that are like really well-known ski resorts. They have like all the apres skiing stuff as well. So you can go to like the hot springs and I don't know how to describe it, like posh skiing, I guess. You know, you go in your furs and you go to a log cabin and it's all very like swish. So you get to take part in tea sipping, but with the pinky out on this one is yes. what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's pinky out tea sipping skiing. And of course, me and my dad are just kind of a chuck the snowboard in the back of the Jeep and go to a hill kind of vibe. You know, we're not mm. we're not apres ski kind of people. We don't stick around for the after skiing shenanigans. We go home. So we don't normally go out to places like that. Also, you know, it's quite a trek for us. It's like a good few hours drive to go there. So it's something that we try and do like once twice a season we're not regular out there but they have so much good snow and towards the end of the season like it is now our hill that we go to on a regular basis it's getting kind of ropey there's like trees poking through the snow and and long bits of grasses and and it's icy in patches and slushy when you get to the bottom it's looking kind of you know worse for wear (laughs) And you you are prone to, you know, bumps and bruises and everything else. So yeah, yeah. It's starting to get a wee prone. bit dangerous for someone <laughs> who keeps refusing to wear bubble wrap whenever she's going skiing. That is true. Uh, <laughs> I should probably invest in some good quality bubble wrap. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but Lake Louise gets snow for a lot longer. It's further in the mountains, so it gets snow for a lot longer. And it gets a lot more snow, and they've recently just had a good few inches. But they're... Seasons tickets are so expensive. Let's see, like, if you want to get a season pass for Lake Louise, you're looking at dropping a grand. But, like, a Canadian season of winter is, like, eight months. Yeah, normally they open around November, like, early November, and then May is probably when the inner mountain ones will close. So, I just bullshit my way into being close. It's seven months. Yeah. 
So that's not bad. Yeah, no, it's really not. And if you're a regular skier or a regular snowboarder, it's really worth it because, of course, their day passes are like 100 bucks for a day, mm. right? So if you are going 15 times in a season, you've made your money mm. back, right? But we just can't make the trek out. It's too far for us to be able mm. to go out that long. Oh, yeah, I bet that would be a ropey trip, especially during, like, later winter. Yeah, I mean, the roads are so uh, so good because they're so, like, it's so normal for them to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. The roads aren't so bad most of the time. Obviously, you get days with bad visibility and black ice and stuff that you do have to obviously be careful of. But, I mean, Canadian roads are pretty dang well taken care of because of the fact that they are so dangerous. So it, it's not necessarily that. It's things like snow blindness because a lot of the journey that we're traveling through is flat prairie and when the side of the road looks exactly the same color as the sky it it's very i don't know sketchy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then of course you're up so early then you're doing a lot of physical activity and then you're driving home in the dark it's a whole situation it's easier if we could like spend a night there and then go but again, mm-hmm. Lake Louise is a tourist town, and a lot of other of those other ski hills are. Uh, this year, it's not been anywhere near as bad, obviously, because COVID means travel restrictions. So the people that are there are locals. But mm-hmm. on a regular year, Lake Louise would have a lot of tourists in the winter as well, because they would be coming for the skiing. So yeah, it's still booked, and those hotels are expensive. And so, like for a local, it's just not really worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going next week and I'm excited because I've only been once or twice to Lake Louise. I've gone to a couple of other hills, but Lake Louise I've only gone once or twice. Next year we'd like to try and go out to Fernie, which is um, in BC, and they have a crap ton of snow out there. Mm-hmm. Lots of powder, so that'd be nice. But I'm also thinking about breaking out my longboard and uh, trying to see if I've gotten any better at that as as my snowboarding has increased in skill. <laughs> oh, someone's trying to go super fancy for the fancy hill. Right? Yeah. I want to try and, like, tick them all off. I want to be able to to snowboard, to surf, and to skateboard. If I can do all three, then I'm like, yes, I can do this on any surface except air. I mean, hey, hoverboards yeah. might be a thing. One don't, day. Don't knock it till you try it. I'm just going to be like, ang, one day. <laughs> I have mastered all of the elements. <laughs> Honestly, that's what Although, I Although, have you technically mastered all of the elements? Because considering surfing and snowboarding is all done on water. True. Yeah, there's no fire boarding. Fire- I need lava. Lava board, shark boy, and lava girl. Yes, why not? Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so are you going to be partaking in any of the hot spring shenanigans while no, you're you know, there I've as never, well? I've never been to a Canadian hot spring and I live so close. That sucks. Yeah, it does. It's one of those things that's always been on my, like, I'm going to do that this winter or this summer, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you just don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of those things. I don't think it would be that great to do in the summer because it's hot. Mm -hmm. Although it would probably be relaxing if you did in the evening. Yeah. You're not going to appreciate it as much as you would during the winter. Yeah. I really want to do it in, like, um, Iceland or Greenland or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Go up, up north and, and do it further north than I already am. Mm-hmm. Um, There's actually a place in North Carolina called Hot Springs, North Carolina. Yeah. And I kind of want to go you just should. to try it. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, traveling and COVID and bleh. Although, yeah. I do get my final vaccine on the 29th. Mm. So while, you know, COVID is still happening, if they're open, it's probably cheap. 
so I need to go. Yeah, you should. Speaking of which, did you ever end up having any side effects from your vaccine? Uh, just super sleepy. That mm-hmm. was it. Um, Dakota got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is now on hold, and no one is supposed to get it yeah. anymore. And he got a really terrible migraine from it, but that was really all he got mm-hmm. from it, was just a bad migraine for the evening that he got it. But so far, the worst that's happened, at least out of the people I know, is extreme drowsiness and, of course, that headache. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to get my dad to um, get his shingles vaccine at the same time. Because <laughs> he keeps putting off his shingles vaccine. And I'm like, well, if you're going to go and get a COVID vaccine, just get your shingles one while you're there. Did he have chickenpox growing up? Yeah, we all did. All, all members of the family did. Mm. Yeah, that would be wise. Yeah. Yeah, because chickenpox vaccines weren't mandatory when I was young. Really? So, yeah, in, in the UK, it just wasn't a thing. So I only got the chickenpox vaccine when I came over here and I was like 14 in high school and I was getting like the hepatitis ones and the, you know, mm. MMR and that kind of stuff when I was in high school. Mm. I then got the chickenpox vaccine, even though I'd fill that form to be like, yes, I've already had chickenpox. Like, I, I don't need the vaccine. I'm immune. But they gave it to me anyway because they're like, yeah, better be safe and sorry. And I'm like, okay, right. fine. <laughs> fine. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so it wasn't a thing. I don't know if it is a thing now in the UK, but I assume that it, it just hadn't passed, like, the EU health regulations or something mm-hmm. in the same way. I know that it's a whole different ball game passing a vaccine in Europe than it is out here in North America. That's interesting, though, because yeah. I I had no earthly idea. Have you I had have no clue, like, what's mandatory. No, I did not. No. I was very fortunate in that matter. Yeah, we did... <laughs> we did chicken pox parties when I was young. Uh, one person gets it, so everybody gets so it. That way everybody's goes. done with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, why not just go ahead and get it the fuck over with? That way you have nothing to be scared of. Because once you get chicken pox, you don't get it again. Yeah, in theory. I know a couple of people that have had it a couple of times, but usually in that case, it's like the first time they only had a very mild case. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, my brother got it, so I got it. The whole school got it. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, very itchy. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing I remember. I don't remember, like, I know I had a fever at one point and I was sick, but the main thing I remember was just, like, bathing in... Yeah, calamine. Calamine, the pink stuff. Just bathing mm-hmm. in that. Um, and it, I got it during the summer, and I remember it being so hot and, like, trying to sit in a cold bathtub to try and, like, alleviate the itches and the heat of the day. Because, of course, British houses don't have AC or anything because they're all pretty much historical buildings. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I was in, like, this Victorian house dying of heat. Which, funnily enough that you say that, because cold water isn't actually going to alleviate the itching. It's going to be hot water. Yeah. Because it's weird, because for some reason, if, like, whenever I get really bad poison ivy, I'll take the hottest shower I can possibly stand and, it'll, like, I guess numb the itching for a while. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I've never had chicken pox, but I've had some really fucking bad cases of poison ivy. Mm-hmm. So, close enough. Except I've had it multiple times. Yeah, I've never had poison ivy, so I can't compare the two. But um, I have had eczema all down my legs, and it was very similar to that kind of, like, well, sores. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that kind of, like, healing itch, the scabby itch. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not fun. I have a couple not, scars, but not too bad. I didn't get scarred anywhere near as bad as some people. Yeah, I've seen some people that have had some really bad scars from it. Mm-hmm. 
I guess I got it young enough to where my skin was able to like bounce back. Maybe? Yeah. I don't know how that works. No, I don't really either. I was like six, I think, when I had it. My brother was about eight. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. You have no clue. I don't understand science. That's why I have Dr. Stone. <laughs> Speaking of, the next season has actually been announced of that. I'm surprised we didn't talk about that last week, but I guess it wasn't in the proper news sections that I was going through. Mm-hmm. So funnily enough, that has a third season announced, but The Promised Neverland does not. Yeah, I think we both... I'd, is this a spoiler? I don't know if this counts as a spoiler, but I, I think it's fairly certain that there is not going to be any more The Promised Neverland content after this season. I would bet you five Canadian dollars there's not going to be another season That's after this. That's like two Tim Hortons. Unless they reboot it. That's two double levels. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, it's like two Toonies and a Looney. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's correct. Oh, look at me. I can do Canadian money math. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, the amount that... I don't use cash, so I had to, like, double check that in my brain for a second. But I was like, yeah, no, that's correct. (laughs) Two plus two plus one equals fish. (laughs) Right? Did you ever do that thing where it was, like, one plus one equals window? No. (laughs) Although I could see it, it makes sense. Because one, and then put the other one perpendicular, and it makes a window. Yeah, yeah, so it's like the one, the plus sign in the middle, then the other one, and then the equals on the top and the bottom makes a square with a cross in the middle. The window. Yeah, I can can see that. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about something at work the other day, and it's just because, again, everything has been an absolute shit show. So my boss was talking about something, and I was just like, dude, at this point, I don't give a shit. Two plus two equals fish. Do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, shut up. You're right. (laughs) But shut up. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that expression, what's that got to do with the price of fish? Never heard that. Okay, that's a British one for you. Uh- <laughs> well, we also don't, I'm assuming that would have to do with like if you're used to fish markets yeah, or coastal. something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a coastal saying I'd expect. You might actually hear it if you go to like Rhode Island or somewhere. Where's, the, where's places on the coast in America? <laughs> uh, the whole East Coast, except yeah. for here. there you go. Places, yeah, where there's like... The original settlers on that mm-hmm. settled down. You probably hear it there. But basically it just means, um, what's that what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. I mean, I get the gist of it. It makes sense. Yeah. But I've just never heard that. Yeah. What's that gotta do with the price of fish? What did I make you laugh with the other day? Um bless your cotton socks. I mean, I end up using that all the time yeah. now. Yeah. Just because it humors me at this point. It's like, oh <laughs> bless your cotton socks. Yeah, bless your cotton socks. Yeah. But I can't remember what it was that broke me the other day. No. No. But can we talk about that Inosuke piggy bank, though? Oh my god, yes! Yeah, you have to d- describe this for the listeners. So, for those who are unaware, Funimation is selling an Inosuke piggy bank, mm-hmm. which is Inosuke's mask, but you insert the coins through the nostrils. Yeah. So Blue came up with the idea that this would be a phenomenal job as a coin token thing to take tokens on all the arcade machines, whereas I think it would be a better idea if you reverse engineered it to the coin giver so it spits out (laughs) coins through the nose. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think that's such a good idea. I I would crack up. Oh, I would too. So we need to open an anime-themed arcade, Mm -hmm. and that needs to be all of our token dispensers. And we need to find something that's actually a token acceptor, because it wouldn't be as funny if it was the acceptor and the giver. Yeah. Oh, we could do, like, little koi 
to be the coin acceptor. Mm. That's an idea. It's not funny, but it's an idea. We need to think of something something that projects stuff that would then we would then put stuff in. Give us your idea in the comments <laughs> if you want to give us ideas, because the marketing brain of me does not work. Oh, it can Blues be like, the marketing um, genius out of the bunch. Someone from Food Wars or something, and their mouth's open. Yes. Ah, uh, who is the childhood best friend? Uh, I don't remember. It's been a while since we've watched Food Wars, and she was barely mentioned like three times. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember either. I- you know what? We'll get back to you if we figure something out for that. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're looking for me to segue into news, I have no news. It's been a really fucking slow week. Yeah. So, well, you did I was, have one uh, piece of news. The Stone Wars. I mean, I didn't even consider that news, considering I'm like two weeks behind on it. Yeah. It's a late But news. at this point, we've already talked about it. We're excited for the third season. We want to know where they go with it. Hopefully, they bounce back from the second season. Yeah. However, if we want to talk about disappointments of a second season, ooh boy, do we have something to talk about this week. Yes, yeah, okay, so, um, very interesting way of doing the manga, and I have, I feel like they could have done something very simple to have made the last episode better. Mm-hmm. That I'm excited to get into you with after we put on spoiler chicken hats, but do we have any background? So... It is the second season ran for 11 episodes and a special 5.5 recap episode. Mm -hmm. It ran from January 8th through March 26th of this year. I did a little bit of research into it to see kind of what other info we could get on it. Yeah. And so the only thing that was properly adapted was the Forest Arc. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then from there, they kind of split it all off after that. Yeah. And I... even then, so what they adapted into two episodes was chapter 38 through 52. Okay. So that's another reason why it felt rushed. And I'm not going to lie, they could have made that whole forest arc a season mm-hmm. or a core. Yeah, I think they just wanted to but we'll, we'll get into... conclude it. I do want to just check in there that there is a new trigger warning or i guess it's still a continuous trigger warning from the first season but it is more prevalent in this second season so just skip forward a couple of seconds if you think that the trigger warning may spoil something for you because yeah like i said it is a new trigger warning um so i'm just gonna put on trigger warning for episode 11 for suicide yeah that makes sense for as like a new trigger warning because i guess self-sacrifice versus yeah that are two vastly different things yeah same thing but different yeah so i just wanted to be extra cautious and put that out there this one is i think the first season was also rated r 17 plus this one is rated though so so everything after the forest arc they kind of kept themes and a couple of plot points but everything else after that just went fucking sideways mm-hmm. yeah so the first couple of episodes great everything else just imagine watching a film like a VHS, because you know how you could watch it while it was rewinding or fast-forwarding? <laughs> yeah. Imagine that, just for, like, a two-year story arc, just fast-forward, because that's basically what that was. I, I just thinking about the fact that kids of, like, probably only five, born five years after I was, will never know the pain of having to rewind 
uh, tape before you put it back in the case or else, or like picking a movie and being so excited to watch a movie and putting it in the thing and then realizing that it's at the end of the film and you have to rewind it all the way to the beginning. See, I've had situations like that and I remember the old blockbuster oh, sign yeah, when like, you would be rec- kind, rewind. Yeah. Yes. So I, I totally remember that. And if you're young enough, to not remember that why are you listening to this because we you know it's marked explicit for a reason no but that's the thing is that like five years younger than me is 18 i forget how old you are yeah 23 dude i I forget that you're like two and a half years younger than i am yeah you're the same age as my brother that is right Mm -hmm. i am old man (laughs) or at least i feel like an old man every time i get up i just hear my knees just going oh yeah and I'm like, <laughs> pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I couldn't, I, like, it's still, I wasn't born that long beforehand, but the fact that kids <clears throat> that were born in 2000 to 21 this year fucks me up, dude. Yeah, that, that's something I keep forgetting. Like, whenever you see someone that's, like, 18, you're like, yeah, I was born in, like, 03. And I'm like, excuse me? Excuse me? What? <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't understand, like, Run that by me again, just one more time. Just one more time, tell me that again. Yeah, I know. It's really weird, because I'm, like, the first of the Zoomers. <clears throat> like, I am the the very first year, the almost debatable year, where people are like, are you a Zoomer, are you not? But I am, mm. on most sites, classified as a Zoomer. Mm. And, like, I look at the other kids of my generation, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, you're at the start of the scale. yeah. yeah. So as you get later into the scale, that's, you know, you you can't lump yourself in no. with the later ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Whereas you're a baby millennial. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's weird because I remember, like, just how much technology has, like, fully progressed in my lifetime mm-hmm. to where, like, I still get scarred whenever I hear the dial-up sound. Yeah, see, I don't remember Like, dial-up. I get nom flashbacks yeah. whenever I hear it. Yeah, my brother remembers dial-up, but I don't remember dial-up. You you kids, you got it easy nowadays. You cut your PC on and click Google Chrome and it immediately pops up. Yeah. No, back in my day, you young whippersnappers, you had to double-click on the Internet Explorer icon because you didn't even have a taskbar you could put it on. So you double-click on it. Yeah. Then it takes like five minutes to pull up the web browser. But then in the meantime, the reason it takes five minutes because you have to listen to this god-awful noise and you couldn't use the phone because cell phones weren't really a popular thing and then nobody could use the phone. So if somebody wanted to use the phone, you had to get off the internet. So if you're playing cool math games, you had to stop what you were doing, stop your cool math games so somebody could use the phone. You know what's, what I learned the other day? Hmm. My mom was a, a subscriber of Netflix way back in the day when they were a VHS delivery service. I remember that. Yeah. I also remember Gamefly. Do you remember Gamefly? No, I don't. So Gamefly was a video game rental service to where they would deliver you video game discs. Ah, dude. So you could rent them. So it was like blockbuster, but delivery. Do you remember (laughs) back in the day when you used to get like crappy DVDs or or audiobooks or whatever in cereal boxes? (laughs) 
Yes. Oh my god. I got like a shitty version of Roller Coaster Tycoon yeah! in a cereal box. Yeah. And I loved it. I played the shit out of it. God, I remember playing like the old mall tycoons and roller coaster tycoons. Or zoo tycoon, yeah. Yes. But if I tried to play those same games now, I would hate my life. <laughs> oh god, trapping people and watching them get sad. Yes. And that's the thing. They would just get sad. It's not like The Sims where if you trap them and they die. No. no they just keep making angry faces and but make your reviews go money way at down. Your park. Yes. Like if you trapped them in and, and left like a food stand, they'd just stay mm-hmm. there. Or like you would make roller coasters that couldn't be completed, yeah. so you would just watch roller coasters just get yeeted. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's such a great time, yeah. man. Those are the good old days. Right? Anyway, let's get into the Promise of Everland before we go on another tangent. Uh, what? We we go on tangents here? Excuse me? I, I don't know, man. I think we stay on track all the time. Yes, we 100% do. Don't add us in the comments. We stay <laughs> as on track as those roller coasters from Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> so, first topic of interest. The OP and ED. Are we going to put spoiler chicken hats on first? Sure. Sure, just in case. Spoiler chicken hats are on then. Yeah, so spoiler chicken hat, put them on because we we about to start talking. So yes. if you haven't seen it and you have seen the first season, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. Like, it, it's not bad. It definitely gives you a incentive to read the manga. Mm-hmm. Is it based on a light novel? There is a light novel, but I don't know how based on it it is. I think the manga is the main right. like pre-source of information. Yeah. Uh, it definitely gives you incentive to read the manga. So if you're a big manga reader and you don't know whether or not you're going to like it and you want to kind of get a feel for it first, watching the show is a good idea. If you like the first season, I would recommend giving the second season a watch. Just don't, like, place your bets on it because it's mm-hmm. it's different because of the way that they had to structure it because, in my opinion, corporate got involved. Mm-hmm. So here's the thought. Do you think we would have been as harsh on this if we weren't looking at it with podcast brain? Um, I think I would still be pretty harsh on it considering how they did it. Like, I, I feel like they managed to do a pretty good job of keeping it, um, like, linear. Like, there is definitely a plot line. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very linear. It's just... There's a lot of time Like, skips. one of my biggest thing that pisses me off is rushing arcs. Yeah. And so that was kind of my biggest frustration with the season is just how rushed everything was because you had two, two to three seasons worth of content in one season. Like the forest arc could have been a whole core. Mm-hmm. The town arc could have been a whole core. The Norman storming the farms have at least arc. Been a few OVAs. At least his backstory. Yeah, you could have made a film out of that. Yeah, agreed. And then the storming of the farms could have been an entire core. Yeah. And each core is 12 episodes, so that's three seasons plus a film. Yeah, I really feel like corporate got involved. And as they were making, like, the first, I feel like after maybe episode three or four, somebody said, hey, you're not getting more, you're not getting a season three. And then the writers and animators and everything started to panic a little bit and try and figure out what they were going to do. And so the Mm. first few episodes seem really planned and well done. But after that, I'm not going to say that they're not well done or not planned because the animation doesn't go down and the storytelling doesn't go down in quality. It just, they were trying to cram so much in that so much small stuff had to be skipped. 
a lot of big stuff, I'm assuming, had to be skipped that they just didn't include in the anime at all, and you wouldn't even know it existed unless you read the manga. Mm. And then there's a few characters in there that go through very quick turnarounds. They have, like, a really solid idea of what their morals are, and then within an episode, they have completely 180'd their opinion, and it's kind of... I would say jarring, but it just doesn't give you enough time to be fully satisfied with their opinion one way for then to it, it to immediately flip. So when it does flip, it doesn't give you the emotional release that it would do if you would watch them have that solid opinion over six episodes and then on the seventh episode they change their mind and then you're a bawling, crying mess. Mm-hmm. It didn't give you that because you didn't have enough time for them to change their mind. Yeah, because, like, the whole Norman situation, if they had made that into a film, Mm -hmm. or just that whole, like, town arc, if they had made that into a season, I probably would have cried at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Because it, like, it just pulls at your heartstrings. Yeah, but it doesn't get you that, because it's too rushed. No. I guess the main thing is, is that, I guess I'm glad it happened this way, because I don't have to be disappointed for any other reason than just how rushed everything was. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there wasn't enough to keep me focused. And honestly, I'm glad I dropped it. Yeah. So that way I wouldn't have been disappointed. Because I had been watching this week to week. I'd have been more mad than what I was. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a lot more jarring. Could you imagine like how much shit got skipped mm-hmm. to have to watch that week to week? Yeah, I don't know. The The content of this show is pretty heavy. So it's it's difficult to binge in that way. Just because like you need to break a palate cleanser every now and again. But I also wouldn't recommend watching one episode a week because you will kind of, I won't say lose track, but I feel like it will be a lot harder to understand everything mm-hmm. because of the fact that so much is skipped. So it's like you have to kind of infer a lot and read between the lines a lot and and try and like fill in plot holes. Just I'm not saying that there's plot holes because there aren't really. They do explain everything, but like because of the time skips the character development and emotional connection you have with the characters has holes. So Mm. then you as a a viewer have to then infer what their emotions were through those times and the things that they've gone through to then be able to relate to the the way that they act later. Does that make sense? I mean, as as frustrated as I was with Attack on Titans fourth season, Mm -hmm. because we all know how I feel about that, at least... It wasn't as fast-forwarded as this. Yeah. And I I hate to say it, because going into the second season, I was as hyped as could possibly be. Yeah. Going into it, because the first season was just immaculate yeah. in every way. And very worthy of, what did we give it, like a nine or a nine and a half? Yeah, and it, it was honestly worthy of it. Oh, 100%. It was so um, thought-provoking. It was, and it kept us guessing. Mm-hmm. This whole season was as predictable as could humanly be. Yeah. Like, whenever they were setting up the raid and it seemed like Vincent had turned on everybody. Oh, yeah. I was like, he's 100% in with everyone. Like, that's garbage. Like, the next season, you're going to see, like, Norman or Emma and Ray standing next to him whenever he's making the call. Like, there was the only thing that caught me off guard was Norman. Yeah. But even then, it didn't catch me off guard because of the OP. No. Well, it didn't... Yeah, okay, we need to discuss the OP needy because we said we were going to and then skipped over it. Um, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, we both had theories that Norman was still around at the end of the first season. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know in which way that he was going to come back. But I feel like in the manga, 
I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like Norman and the characters that he was around and his story is probably a whole other whole separate thing that I don't know if it was going simultaneously with Emma and the others or if it was like a jump thing and then there was a lot of flashbacks. I was going to say, I would assume it would be a flashback Mm -hmm. thing because they, it was left to assume that they had killed off Norman. Yeah. I mean, even though we had theories that he was still alive and he would be introduced later, I didn't expect him to come back in the second season. No. And he shouldn't have come back in the second season if they were pacing it the same way that the manga had. I don't know, man. It was just a really odd situation. Yeah. But, okay, (laughs) O-P-E-D. So, O-P, music, good. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. E-D, music, also good. The story that they told with the O-P, not a fan. No. Because, I mean, for one, all of the imagery in this whole season just gave the sense that there was going to be, like, this huge war But also, that characters that were introduced to at the end of episode one, and you spend all of episode two with, Mm -hmm. they make it out like they're the bad guys in the whole scenario. Yeah. And they're not at all. Like, the promotional poster made it seem like they're the two biggest assholes in the world, and they're not even in the slightest. Like, honestly, besides Emma, who's like our lovable Goku of the story, like 100% it's Goku. Holy fuck. Why did I just now make that connection? The orange and the orange? Ah, it's perfect. Anyway, back on point. It's just, I don't know, man. Oh, that's another thing. Um, With like Sanju, mm-hmm. in a moment when he, he leaves the kids, like the kids go off on their own, he has a moment of like, no, I want them to be wild so I can hunt them. Mm-hmm. And then... He's a good guy again after that. And it was just like the second of him being a bad guy. And it just seemed really out of place. Mm-hmm. And I, I, well, I mean, it made sense. Yeah. But the fact that it's never revisited yeah. is what gets me. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, it would have been fine if he had then done something a little bit, like if he'd become like an anti-hero or something where it's like, you don't mm-hmm. quite know throughout the rest of it if he's a good guy or a bad guy. But up until that point, he had been a good guy. Then he says that one line... And then for the rest of the time that he's in the in the show, he's also a good guy. So it just seems really misplaced. And I mm. feel like in, I'm assuming in the manga, there's more like back and forth with him. God, I hope so. Yeah. Because dear Lord, I, I just want to go back and read the manga. Yeah, that's like, what this I, show has, has sparked with me. It's just like, I don't really, I just want to read the manga now. We should do an episode where we read the manga. We like should. we can find it on Viz since I'm paying for it. We need to. We need to use it more. We need to see if it's on there yeah. just so we can see because ugh, fucking hell, mate. Yeah. I just I have so many questions. Yeah. And I'm just so dissatisfied with everything. Mm-hmm. In fact, the only satisfaction I get from this is that it's fucking over. <laughs> and that sounds so bad because I. I found myself enjoying it at points, but it also pissed me off that I was enjoying it just because of how, again, just how rushed everything was. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple scenes in particular that I want to get into about characters and like why I feel that that was kind of like awkward. Mm-hmm. And then the very last episode I really want to dive into properly, but let's just go through episode by episode a little bit just to, to get our thoughts going. Yeah. Yeah. So in episode one, the group starts off right where we left off. They're running through the forest. 
and they are relying on a book from Minerva to teach them how to survive. There's the big screechy teeth monster thing. Um, Emma gets sick, Ray gets separated, and then they all get saved by the two guys that you were talking about earlier, Sonju and Mujika. So what were your first impressions of the first episode? Which I know was a few weeks ago for you, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen the first two episodes in four months. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, I enjoyed it because it kicked off great. Yeah. Like how they wake up in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And just immediately you get a twist of Emma and Ray being like, you two are demons. Yeah. And that's how the episodes end. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, I had really good first impressions of the show, and that's what got me really excited. But then I was watching so many weeklies yeah. in winter that it just kind of, I just had to drop it. I had to drop something. And it was just the main thing because the second episode is where things kind of started to derail slightly. Mm-hmm. So for me, it made the most sense to drop it out of everything else that I was watching. Yeah. But the first episode, man, I was hooked again. Yeah. Yeah, I have to admit, the first episode started off on a good foot <clears throat> for me as well. I immediately got thrust back into the horror, dark, gloomy vibe. The anime style very, very quickly puts you in the perspective of how terrified these kids are. Mm-hmm. The the way that they do the eyes, the, the wrinkles around the eyes, the... The shocked facial features, the overblown eyes. I mean, anime characters have big eyes anyway, but I feel like these guys have smaller features and astronomically large eyes to be able to portray their fear most of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I will say about the animation style about the show. The first season, like, I had absolutely zero complaints about the animation style whatsoever. The second season, it felt like it dipped in animation quality a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Not bad, by any means. The environments were phenomenal, but I feel like they lost a lot of character detail in it. Yeah. Or, like, something changed about it. I'm not 100% certain what it was, but something just fell off. Yeah, it could have possibly but been COVID-related. F- maybe. But the animation of the facial features, like, especially with fear, yeah. mwah, mm-hmm. like, just excellent. I have zero complaints about it mm-hmm. whatsoever. Agreed. But it was, like, something else about it just like diminished in quality Mm -hmm. but again the backgrounds the forest the town gorgeous yeah i do think the show is very dark so it's difficult mm -hmm. to watch if you're in any kind of lighting oh i could i could definitely see that yeah like i was trying to watch it in my bedroom my bedroom's in the basement i had my lights off and i was trying to watch it there but because it was daytime it was (laughs) there was a glare on my laptop screen you know (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that is one thing. It That's a frustration that I have for all horror movies, though, for all horror content, is the vast majority of them are set in, like, 80% of the screen is black most of the time. And mm. it's very, very hard to see stuff. And I prefer when you see things, because there's moments in the show where there's really good contrast. Mm-hmm. And it still feels dark and scary and gloomy and and you know it puts you on edge but you can actually see shit when you're in your house Mm -hmm. so it that's just a personal pet peeve of mine with all kind of horror content is i don't like it when the screen is black for a long period of time my mom for instance my mom has a cataract she's had one 
fixed, but the other one she hasn't. Whenever she, my huge fan of horror films, whenever she's watching a horror film or any kind of movie that has a screen that is black for more than like five minutes at a time, she'll just skip through it. She just skips through the content and then she tries to watch a bit. And then if it goes black again, then she'll just click off the film. It's like a huge thing. I was like, I'm not, I can't see anything. It's not like not visible. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things to where it's like whenever you try to play a horror game during the day, it's different than trying to play it at night yeah. because you can't enjoy it or get Im immersed in it yeah. as much. Yeah. And so I can definitely see it. And I like how the first few episodes, like it's even darker than how the series ended. Mm -hmm. And again, that's something else that gets you hyped until, you know, everything kind of starts to lighten up a bit. Or I feel like the, I feel like the sense of urgency was lost. Mm-hmm. From, like, episode two on, in a way. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know exactly when, but I agree. I feel like in the, in the storyline, there was a kind of plateau moment where it was, like, scary, 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 scary. And then after a little while, I just, it kind of wasn't anymore. I think the shelter, actually. So episode three yeah. is whenever I was kind of like, huh. Nah. And you know it's just going to be temporary, yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about it whenever we get to the shelter yes. because I have a bone to pick with a certain bit of it, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So episode two is the one thousand year promise. So basically, we find out how this world came to be and where the humans are. Emma getting told to take care of herself. Ray getting told to take care of himself as well. The two of them, and the demons teaching them to survive. All of the new um, techniques, and then Emma also getting her hunting practice and killing her first thing taking her first life. Uh, then we go into episode three, which is the uh, Sanju explaining his one-liner about wanting to eat natural humans. They then separate from them. They find the underground building shelter and they radio into the house calls to listen to them. And they also get a phone call from William that you don't actually get to find out more about until episode four. The people who found the payphone for the phone call was emma ray dawn and gilda i think yeah i think so whereas a few of the younger kids found a bedroom that had help carved multiple mm -hmm. times into the wall in blood and then nothing and comes never of it. fucking mentioned again like oh my god like it was with that episode where i thought oh shit episode four is gonna be hyped yeah and then nothing yeah yeah, because that's what I'm thinking. Because now I'm thinking, uh, episode three, somebody's been trapped in this in this thing. Somebody, or like they're going to come across a corpse of someone who just like withered away and died within this whole thing. Or they're going to get locked in it. Or the person who's calling them is actually Mama or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I it, it left you on a whole lot of questions. And then with Sonju also having his one-liner about him wanting to eat the natural humans because his whole point of not eating the kids was because of religious reasons. He doesn't want to hunt anything that's been farmed. He wants to hunt things that are living wild, which is kind of the reason why I'm vegetarian, so I get it. Um, and then and then nothing comes of either of those. Episode three was just plot holes. Just nothing but plot holes. However, one of the plot holes with Sonju is kind of tied up a little bit just because of how he likes to hunt the migratory birds. Mm -hmm. And it's like his favorite meal. So that kind of makes the turnaround in later episodes. Yeah. But the latter part, I guess, with there not being a third season, we'll never get to see. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then in episode four, we learn out that William was actually an alias. And uh, I think it's, uh, what's his name? James John? I can't remember. Uh, uh, I did write I think it, it was James uh, Rattery. Yeah. And uh, six months pass. The uh, shelter then gets raided. And this is when we find out that Isabella is back. And everyone escapes the shelter. And then Big Dude comes out and munches some people. Nom, 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 nom. Like the kids were about to get cornered and captured. And then the giant spider-like demon that we met in the first episode that died. There's another one. Yes. And he noms the guards so the kids can conveniently get away. Yeah. And the guards were human. So you have humans who are hunting down the children at the behest of the demons. Yes. And then, of course, you see Isabella in a jail cell, which why she's not dead. It's baffling to me. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's uh, because of the fact that she was one of the the most intelligent and sought after, and like all of her kids were the best, and she raised like the best brains. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to try and use her in some way, and if she could get the kids back, then then they wanted to use her. But it's never really um, like she's not really. I don't know if it's just that they they didn't. I feel like the villain was was so heartless that he would have just killed her and gotten them back himself. You know, like, I don't feel like he would have doubted mm. his own way of, I feel like he was too self-absorbed to have mm. her as a backup plan because I feel like he would have felt that he would have been able to do it by himself. Not only that, but I feel like had everything played out the way that it should have, whenever they first introduced Isabella, it was a brilliant bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Because they asked, you know, if she wanted to see the kids again and like, you just see her face tense up and, it's like you can tell, like she would do anything to see the kids again. Yeah. And then it kind of leans to where they want to use her to get the kids back, and it was like something's not adding up here. Yeah. Like it was, it was really weird. And again, what should have been a brilliant bit of foreshadowing was a like very predictable move. Yeah. So then another six months pass, one year since they escaped the original house, and they have started to blend in with the demons walking in town. This was very abrupt. Mm. But, well, I mean, a year has passed in two episodes, so. And the only character development Emma has seen is that her hair is now in a little bitty side braid. Yes. They, it shows, like, a small montage of them, like, grinding herbs and, like, checking storage and stuff like that. But it doesn't explain how they find their shelter. It doesn't show their first trip into the village it doesn't show them first figuring out how to interact with demons first testing their interacting with demons it doesn't show them disguising their scent it doesn't show them building the masks it there's so much content that is kind of missed that then when they all of a sudden are demons walking through the village it feels abrupt oh very much yeah and then uh two of the little ones want to go into the village as well and they almost get caught and they find Norman. They run into Norman again. There's a big chase scene, Norman. And this is all in one episode. Six months pass and then Norman in one episode. And again, seeing Norman so soon was a shock. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Like, Isabella is obviously out to try to catch the kids. Norman's a spy. Yeah, I didn't know if Norman was legit Norman or not. Or if he hadn't been, like, tampered with or something. Because they, they're very vocal in this anime about the fact that they manipulate brains and bodies and stuff so it mm. it was one of those moments of is norman really norman you know and then of course yeah. they chuck you in a 5.5 recap episode so if you were watching that week to week fuck you 
Yeah, I'd have been real pissed. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, like, he appears in the last few seconds of the of the episode and then recap next week. No. And it rude. wasn't like a COVID recap. Like, this was the middle of February this year. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a animators need a break recap. Yeah, I could, I could yeah, probably they all see went that. On but again, it was on the 11th episode. Yeah. Like, it's... They, I could have been fine without that. Just take a week off. Don't give us a recap episode. Yeah, I I find it unusual that there's a recap in a one-core show. That could make sense if it was like a two-core and you're using it as a break. Yeah. Like, if they had done it in between episodes, like, three and four, that also would have been fine. But you don't do it after the episode where you bring Norman back. Yeah. It's that's a frustrating spot, and I guess I can't be too frustrated with it because I wasn't watching it week to week. But holy shit, man! Yeah, and that's a dick move. Especially if you were avid anime reader of this, like a huge fan of this. You read the anime, you read the light novel, you go to watch the show. You liked the first season, you go to watch the second season. It's already straying so much. They've already skipped so much content, and then they chuck a recap episode in. I could have personally seen myself being so frustrated and done that I wouldn't have continued watching the season. Well, it was around this point that I started to see the anime community start melting on TikTok. Yeah. So I watched it start melting. Yeah. Yeah. And I can absolutely see why. This must have been an incredibly frustrating moment for fans of the of the series. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So anyway, episode six goes into Norman's backstory and uh, and where he was at at the testing lab. It talks about Norman and his abilities. He's he's created this um, potion, this chemical, to be able to degenerate the demons, to turn them into the big like six-legged monsters as opposed to the uh, humanoid versions that they are currently. Emma, although you can also see at the same time, is empathizing with the demons. So while Norman is kill all demons, Emma is, they're just trying to survive like we are. And you can see them about to clash heads. Ray is my favorite. He's such a good character. Um, Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Norman's new buds are slightly mental. And both Emma and Ray and Norman sit down and they have a discussion and they discover that Norman knows who Mujika is. He calls her the evil-blooded girl. He didn't realize that she was still alive. And Emma and Ray only know her from their experiences in the forest and her teaching them how to survive. And they see her as a good guy. Norman obviously sees her as a bad guy. So they're butting heads here in episode six. Basically, I saw this and felt like the Promised Neverland creators of the show just looked at Attack on Titan and they were like, we're going to steal your homework and just slightly change up the answers. Yeah. Because I literally felt like a retelling of Attack on Titan with Save Everyone and Genocide. Yeah. Isn't that also kind of like, um, is it Tokyo Ghoul? Not necessarily. I'm trying to think there's another. Because Tokyo Ghoul was more or less Kaneki being like, no. I hate ghouls yeah. to, okay, I'm fine with ghouls to, fuck it, I'm killing everyone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a very basic plot line, so there's a bunch of things that I'd assume that are like it. But it was very predictable, this this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not Norman knowing about Mujika. I feel like maybe that was a little bit of a twist. But the Norman being very against demons and then Emma being 
almost overly empathetic and naive mm. was, um, yeah, it was predictable. Emma was the typical shonen protagonist in all of this. Yeah. And it showed. Yeah. That's why I feel like I, I connected so much with Ray and him being my favorite character out of the three, because he mm. was just like, I think you're an idiot, but you know, it is who you are. So I feel like I could have been more on Norman's side. If he hadn't a flip-flop the very next episode. Yeah, that's the... And, and see, that was my point earlier with the whole, like... His whole team were so... Like, Barbara was insane against killing demons. And then, like... Oh, just kidding. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. The character development was so abrupt that I can't even call it character development. No. It just made them seem wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, made it feel like this was definitely going to be the last season because of how quickly they were getting through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if this had been the first season, them talking would have been, like, two episodes. Yeah. Or some shit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't at all. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Norman's whole, like, backstory and stuff happens so quickly mm -hmm. just makes it seem blasé. Like, it's not as... It's like you can't empathize with him. No. Like, he just seems like a douche. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because you're like, I don't see how how you get to the point of genocide seeing only what we've seen. Like, this dude literally talks about how, like, he is making the decision to become God or the devil and Emma can't stop him. And yet, why? Yeah, especially considering his main tormentor was human. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, okay, he was being tormented for the purpose of feeding demons, but the direct people that were the ones that were, pretty much all of the people in the lab that we saw throughout the anime were humans. So I feel like his anger was misdirected, which could also be the fact that he's like 12 years old. So there is that. You have to bear that in mind. But like, he's also an evil genius. He knows where this is coming from. He got like angsty teen energy does not make up for how smart he is and the decisions that he's making. Yeah, he was scoring higher than they were physically able to test him. Like whenever I was fourteen, I didn't think about wiping out an entire species. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. I don't get it, man. I didn't want to wipe out a whole species. Can't relate. Uh, um. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then episode seven, we go, we learn more about Mujika's blood about the fact that she can feed her blood to the demons so that they don't degenerate over time, so that they don't need to eat humans. And then they also end up discussing, like, the hierarchy of everything. And this is when it's kind of brought up that there's, like, a royalty in demons, that the royalty is was keeping, would thought that they had killed her 700 years ago so that she wasn't able to make demons unreliant on humans because them being reliant on humans allowed the monarchy to be able to control their population because obviously that gives them like you can't do shit because we're not going to give you humans to be able to eat and then you'll die you know so they, yeah norman is crazy he wants them all dead they also discover about the last gate to the human world because there's two worlds the demon world the human world they're in the demon world right now and they discover that there's a gate, the gate that they thought was open is closed, and there's only one left. The gate that is open is inside the original building that they were all in to begin with. Well, they were on the outskirts of, but you know. 
Mm-hmm. Norman's sick as well. Barbara is insane. And uh, Norman gives Emma and Ray five days to go and find Mujica and Sonju. Or he's going to, like, blow up a village, basically. The next episode blows up a village. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, so in episode eight, we find out that Norman was actually tested, even though he claimed that he wasn't tested, and that's why he was sick. They find Mujica and Soju. Norman attacks anyways. Norman then wavers. In episode nine, we figure out that Norman actually is like, ah, just kidding, I don't want to kill anybody, and pulls back, even though he kind of already killed people. And then... Mujica's like, hey, everybody, come vampire out of me. And Isabella and Peter set up a trap with Phil. They're using baby Phil, who we love. He was best boy of first season. They acquired a new pen part from an old grumpy dude who was actually kind of really sweet, like him. And that has a map to the center where, like, the big... It's the map of the big underground, underground. facility yeah, the, under the Gracefield house. Thank you very much. And uh, this is when we go try and figure out if Scarhead dude, you said his name earlier, I can't remember it. Vincent? Yeah. If he is possibly a traitor or not. Is he? Well, the episode ends with him using the radio that they've been listening to. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, hey, I want to I wanna turn traitor and sell the people out. And then literally cut to the beginning of the next episode and you see Norman standing next to him the whole time that he does this. And I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. Like, this is bullshit. Like, yeah. d- why? Why would you do this, man? Well, his opinion is not going to change that fast because his original opinion was, hey, all demons, kill them all. Then his opinion changed to, I stand with Norman. Norman doesn't want to kill demons anymore. And now it's, I'm traitoring against them. It was way too much to happen in like a half an episode. Yeah, like... In the span of 20 minutes, you see so much flip-flopping that you would think it's spring break in Florida. Like, what the fuck? Boo. (laughs) But you get the point. I get the point. Have you ever done that thing where you, like, Google your birth date and then try and figure out what crazy story happened in Florida that day? I feel like I might have done it a long time ago and I had something to do with an alligator, but I don't remember now. <laughs> I've never done it. I've always wanted to do it. Or you like, you Google like Florida and then you were birth- the day that you were born and, and see what crazy stories come up. You want to you wanna do that as an end bit after we get through this just to close out the podcast? That sounds like a good plan. We should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then they make a bunch of hot air balloons. They, uh, Phil and the other littles get taken inside the big place. They double cross them, they infiltrate inside, they play tag, they reunite. Yay, everybody's happy again. Um, they get caught, just kidding. Oh, uh, Isabella's actually been up to no good, or has she? The villagers are uprising. Old dude is awesome, and Emma offers forgiveness. And it's so much in one episode. It's so much. Yeah, it was, it was not okay. Yeah. They start... The plan at the very end of the last episode. Then they execute the plan, complete the plan, execute the plan, build everything that they need for the plan, start an entire war, have an invasion. The villagers have an uprising. They infiltrate a giant building. They run away from everybody. They reunite with everybody. uh, They almost get caught. Then just kidding, Isabella was actually on their side the whole time. And so were all of the other mamas. They try and get to the human world, but they get shut out. Then they meet Peter... Uh, then they have a huge... He has an evil villain monologue. 
Then Emma offers him forgiveness and is like, hey, you should come with us anyway. Like, we were all kind of forced into this position. You were raised into the role that you were in. And then he has flashbacks about his brother and stuff. Or maybe that's in the next episode. I'm not sure. But, like, he at least alludes to it all in one episode. In 23 minutes. (laughs) It was too much. So much shit. It was too much. Yeah. Just get it away. Yeah, it it was it was way too much, and uh, I don't know. And then the next episode is even more. The next episode goes through what, like a hundred chapters of manga. This last episode, the last half of the fucking episode, <laughs> like the first half of the episode, very well could have been an episode on its own. Yeah. But the second half of the episode, we thought was leading to a third season. No. Yeah, it was the third season. An entire season. third season's worth of content was given to us in ten fucking minutes, man. Oh my god. It wasn't just the third season, it was the third season, the fourth season, and the fifth season in one episode. Yeah, like it was it was so much. So you get to the middle of the episode and Phil is still like five years old. By the end of the episode, Phil is like fourteen. Yeah. If that tells you how much time was skipped it's- in this episode. It's ridiculous. Where did that giant dragon demon come it's from just a- in, like, the last five minutes? <laughs> like, I, I I, can't. Uh, in my opinion, yeah, I don't know. We'll get into it after we've discussed it. But yeah, episode 11. Trigger warning at the beginning of episode 11 because Peter kills himself. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he also talks about how he killed his brother, why he did it. He gets his backstory. They all go with Mama to the human world. Well, they go to the gate to go to the human world. But then Emma, Ray, Norman... And the experimented group, except for Vincent, choose to stay. And then everybody Mm. else goes. But not, like, poor Phil reunites with Emma. The previous episode has a sobbing reunion. She pieces out the next episode. That was whenever I just got mad. Yeah. At that point. Like, that made me so mad. So whenever Phil hears Emma's voice over the intercom and he starts crying in, like, episode eight or nine, mm-hmm. like, I got emotional. Like, that was that was so much. Like, Phil is best boy. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten best boy. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that, like, I, I'm heartbroken over that man. Yeah, because he's like, on, that... like, Norman's level of brain intelligence brain intelligence like there's any other kind um except he's just a lot younger so mm-hmm. i don't know it's like i it, it, that was a lot but gilda and don and the littles all say that they're gonna go to the human world to prepare for them for when they finally come back yeah because the the guys want to stay so that they can then change the demon world and save the other children from the other farms and then there is a photo montage and then, like, short little silent clips until the reunited scene at the very end. And, yeah, the photo montage takes up a long time, and it takes up probably about four years of a time span, if I'm estimating. Uh... Yeah. And and I just don't get it. <laughs> Neither do I. It was... It was not a fun watch, man. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously what they were going for here was getting all of the content from the from the manga into the show because they haven't been approved for a season three. They made that very clear for this last episode. Yeah. I just don't understand why they didn't go up to the gate, open the gate doors, have the screen flood white like it already had, and leave it on a cliffhanger. And then just say, no season three. 
I would have been fine with yeah. that instead of literally wrapping up a whole season in one episode. Yeah, because then the people who read the manga will know that it continues on and that Ray and Emma and Norman stayed behind. But the people who didn't read the manga get a happy ending of them going to the human world. I feel like that should have just been where it ended. Or, in my opinion, if they wanted to do that, okay, fine, they could have left it there. White screen flash, roll the credits, then have the photo montage, the rest of the scene and the photo montage. Because... Like, that could have been the ED. Just put that over the ED yeah, music. Yeah, I would have been fine with that. That's uh, Because then, that's for the people for the manga. That's, that's like a little extra tidbit for them to be like you're not getting any more content we're sorry that it hasn't been approved for season three so here's a little bit extra to just kind of visualize what you were hoping that it would be Mm -hmm. and it's like a little gift for the people that read the manga you know i don't think it needed to be at the end of the show to wrap it all i feel like they should have wrapped it up and then had that and then to get an ed at the end of it too it was not it was not fun man not fun at all I mean, would it have been so bad to have, like, had all of this come out, not had a 5.5 recap episode, and then have episode 12 be the photo montage and have it be, like, a 10-minute short? It's just the photo montage specifically for the people with the manga? Yeah, like, done it as an OVA Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Like, stretch out the first half of that episode to make it a full episode where it just ends with the go white. Yeah. And then, yeah, 11.5 is just the second half of that episode. Yeah. I would have been fine yeah, with that. Yeah, me too. Like, 100% no complaints, and I probably would rate it higher than what I'm going to rate it if they had done that. Yeah, I don't understand why they chose that choice, because I don't feel like that's a lot more work. I f- in fact, I feel like that could be less work. Yeah, like, they could have reused some of the old scenes from the first half of episode 11, drug out the dialogue, kept the voice actors a little bit longer, because they already had them anyway. Mm-hmm. It would not have been that hard. Yeah, separate up, space out episode 10 and 11 a little bit better. And then just have a, a, a the, the 11.5 not be that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel... Five and a half. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I want to give it like a five and a half because I'm angry. But the animation is still really good. And animation this year specifically has not been top form. So I feel like I'm a little bit more lenient with that because we've recently covered quite a few shows where the animation has been very poor at times. Mm-hmm. OP and ED were fine. I preferred the ED to the OP. See, I preferred the music of the OP. I preferred the visuals of the ED. I preferred- so they both had qualities that I really yeah. liked. The ED music was still good. The OP was more of a banger for me and it's kind of suited the first season, even though first season's OP was an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually prefer the music still, of the ED better. I've still really enjoyed mm-hmm. the music of the ED. Agreed. In fact, I'm I need to search for it so I can download it onto my phone mm-hmm. because I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. Just because I'm a big fan of like J pop ballads. <laughs> yeah. Like J pop ballads are my shit, man. Like I just love sad Japanese music. I love sad music in general. That's why I listen to country music anyway. <laughs> The only reason, like, the good points that you mentioned is the only reason it's getting a 5.5. Yeah. Like, there was so much about it. There are so many of my pet peeves that it pushed. I I can't give it any higher because although I had a good time watching some bits of it, just because of how much they rushed it, I feel like I was deprived half, at least half the content that I should have gotten. Therefore, I'm depriving them half the grade they should have gotten. Yeah. It's retaliation, even though what we say here means absolutely nothing to the people at Cloverworks that make this shit. Cloverworks is probably one of the biggest animation companies in Japan. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Five and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. I'm going to be slightly more lenient than you. 
mainly, yeah, I don't know what's giving, what's making me sit on a six. I feel like, I don't know. Oh, one thing that I did notice. Honestly sat on a six most of the time until I sat down and thought about it. I was like, fuck them, five and mm. a half. One thing I did notice is that they um, actually included some real healing herbs in the montage. Mm -hmm. They had St. John's Wort, which is one thing that um, uh, I actually have studied in my herbalism books, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was fun. I like the fact that they used actual real human earth plants. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just a tidbit that I saw. It's a real thing. Hmm. On here on myanimelist.net, it's rated a 5.74. Scored by nearly 200,000 users. So it's literally split between you and it I. Is. It is. It is. 100%. So that, that's that's fitting. It is, it is very <laughs> fitting. very fitting. Yeah, and that is specifically for the second season here. So What did the first season get, per chance? I shall look it up. I'm assuming probably like high seven or low eight, if I had to take a guess. Uh, 8.63. Oh, a little bit higher than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, rated by nearly 800,000 users. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. It's ranked number 62 overall. Oh, I mean, with it being an 8.6, yeah, I can 100% see that. Yeah, yeah, it's really well loved, the second season, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Second season was definite flop, and it's not that it was that bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, they skip so much that I'm very dissatisfied watching it. Yeah, I agree. I feel like... They, I feel, honestly, in my opinion, money or corporate or someone got involved. Some accountant somewhere was like, nah, you're not doing a third season. It sucks to be you. And then the animators were like, what the fuck do we do? 100%. I can see yeah. that. Or the director was just like, speed run. Yeah, I'd be interested to know if it's as popular in Japan as it is over here. Because I know that the first season was super popular over here, which might have been enough for them to have decided to do a second season if it wasn't popular mm. in Japan. Yeah. But it might not have been enough of them to push for a third. Maybe. I'm not sure. Florida. Uh, oh, I've already got you, fam. <laughs> I pulled this up, so I've already got your birthday and my birthday. Oh, okay. I want to see. I want to see. All right. So we're going to start with yours because it's much more tame than mine. <laughs> okay. Yours. Florida man asks police to remove mugshot from Facebook after theft, only for them to replace it with his booking photo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's a troll. And then mine, if you are squeamish, skip ahead like 30, 45 seconds. Because otherwise, ooh boy. Florida deputies have arrested a man for attempting to perform a castration inside his Highlands County home. When they arrived, I can't pronounce that last name, told a deputy he had just performed a castration on a man and encountered major issues. Deputies found the victim on the bed bleeding heavily. Two vastly different birthdays, man. (laughs) What in heaven's name was he thinking? I don't know. And it was a 74-year-old man that did it. But I mean, who would willingly be like, oh yeah, just, you know, castrate me in your own house. Chill. I don't know. I don't know what the story behind it was. I don't know if the person was willing. I don't know if he kidnapped the man and did it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, because I cannot imagine them being willing. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. Dude, Matt, you guys should uh, do that uh, who are listening and, and drop us in those comment sections or in those DMs because we would love to hear them. Yeah, tell us your Florida man stories for your birthday. Drop it in the Instagram DMs or the YouTube comments. I don't know. Just let us know yeah. because we're curious. Yeah, yeah. Um, let us know if it's more tame than Blue's or a lot less tame than mine. Yeah, we'll have to put that in the caption of, of this this Instagram post for this episode yeah it's already in the notes so it's going in the description cool 
But yeah, that's kind of all I had to say about The Promised Neverland. Yeah, that's all I got too. Cool. What do we got next week? Next Ooh. week, what can probably be described as the reason that this whole podcast exists. Mm-hmm. We have the first season of Chihayafuru, which could technically be classified as a sports anime, even though it's <laughs> not about a sport, it's about a card game that acts like a sport. Yeah. Yeah, I am so excited to rewatch this. I haven't actually rewatched it in probably over a year and a half. Not only that, but you also haven't finished the third season. I haven't. And I know that as soon as I watch this first season, I'm going to binge the second season and the third season as well consecutively. I've been holding off so I can watch it all in a fresh brain because I know I will not stop once I start. Same as what happened with Haikyuu and Free. I started watching them and continued (laughs) watching them. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to end up happening with me too. Because actually, you never started the third season because I was ragging on you about it while you were streaming that you never started. Yeah, no, I didn't because I'm shite at watching things week to week, even if I absolutely love them. Well, not only that, but I think you said that you figured the third season was going to be cringy because that's whenever the romance starts stepping uh, up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I do have that um, icky brain thing as well. Cause... But here's the thing, the romance elements of the show are actually good. Yeah. Like, I can appreciate it because it's subtle. It's not, like, super heavy. Actually, Arata's really awkward, so. <laughs> but it's cute. Yeah. It's cringy, but cute. It's, it's those moments that... I guess I just empathize with so much because I was such an awkward teenager. Oh, 100%. Like that, I could very much put myself in Arata's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. During a lot of that. So I, I get it, man. Yeah. I get it. Every time. But I'm very happy to rewatch this. Mm-hmm. Every time I think of like awkward romantic teenager encounters, I have that scene in my head of Harry Potter and I think it's the, either the Goblet of Fire or the Order of the Phoenix, where Cho Chang is like in the, in the, table next to him at the great hall and he goes to smile at her but he forgets that he's got a mouthful of pumpkin juice and just spills it all down his front at every yep. time i think of that it's like he- oh my god i have to skip through that part every time it comes on i can't watch it well i mean there's a reason why have you labeled a skip chan in my discord it's just <laughs> because you are the first person to skip anything yeah. that remotely inconveniences your brain yeah. On the romance side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's if it's mildly cringe, I just cannot handle it. Especially high school cringe or teenage cringe. I feel like there's an mm-hmm. element of it just being like, I wasn't very romantically inclined when I was a teenager. I just didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I was modeling internationally as a teenager. Romance was not anywhere near on my brain. I could see that. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of, like, I don't have the nostalgia factor that a lot of people have. But then also, because I was so awkward and I have so many cringy memories of, like, I am at a modeling meeting, this person I'm supposed to impress because they're trying to hire, because I want them to hire me for a job, and I've just spilled everything all down my front, or I've just stuck my foot in my mouth, or I'm supposed to be, I walked for a living. That's what I did. Models, they just walk down a catwalk, and I would trip over my own feet. And it's like... Great. Cool. Cringe. Don't want to know about it. Those are memories I don't want to relive. Thank you very much for sparking them back in my brain. (laughs) You see, I guess I never really had like the awkward romance phase because my high school career started with me going into high school in a long-term relationship where I got cheated on, got into another long-term relationship that lasted three and a half years, then got cheated on again. So, you know, that's my high school romance history. So never got the awkward part of it because my relationship history just fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> I. <laughs> so maybe that's why I don't feel it as 
harshly, but also I'm a I'm a hopeless romantic man. Yeah. I enjoy romance. And I'm I'm not. I mean, I don't mind a romance, but like I feel like if somebody you know, did the thing of, like, coming to your door and knocking with a box of chocolates and, and a bouquet of flowers, I would just feel really awkward. Yeah, especially now, because one, COVID, what the fuck <laughs> yeah. are you doing? But two, how the fuck did you find my house, mate? <laughs> like, that's fucking awkward. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, in anime, I let it go, because it's anime. It's a trope. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I in in I'm much more of a... I want to split the bill, I can open the door, like, the first person who gets the door should open the door for the other person. That Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm so, like, I mean, I, I guess I just grew up around a lot of guys, so I never really considered mm-hmm. myself one of the girls. Mm-hmm. And then when I get treated in the chivalrous traditional feminine way, it feels uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong I- with being treated like that, it's just not how I'm used to being treated. I can see yeah. it. Yeah. Which is weird, considering I was a professional model for a while. But, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it was awkward. It's, it's, it makes me feel uncomfy. And then I don't know how to act, I and can... then I make the situation more awkward and cringe. Same. <laughs> like, anytime anything even remotely throws my brain for a loop, I just become super awkward until I can compose oh, myself. Yeah. Uh... Like, something like that happened today at work, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I had a customer come in that wanted to paint their pool deck. Which, it's concrete. Typically, you stay in concrete in some shape, form, or fashion. Not only that, but it surrounds a pool. Yeah. So, th- this might not make a lot of sense to a lot of people as to why it fried my brain. But our part-timer, like, shouts into the office because I'm doing all of his tests so we can hire him on full-time because he doesn't have the attention span to do it. <laughs> and also, he would probably fail all of them. Anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> He shouts into the office, and I walk out of the office, or even before I walk out of the office, he's like, hey, this guy wants to put something on his pool deck. And I was like, well, we have solid stain. He's like, no, I want to paint it. And it it just immediately fried my brain. I was like, why? Like, why would you want to paint something that's going to have ponding water on it? Like, it doesn't, this isn't adding up. And my brain literally fried to where I literally sat in the chair, in the office, staring at the iPad for 20 seconds with, like, nothing in my brain. Yeah. It was like Bradley.exe has stopped working yeah. at that point. I blue screen, and then I get up out of the office to just go talk to the dude. Because I'm like, hold up, run that by me again? What? Why do you want to paint it? He's like, oh, I just have two different colors on it. So I was like, well, you, you put a solid stain over it because it looks like a paint acts like a paint but it stains the concrete because you can't paint it unless you go with an industrial coating because it can't have you know standing water on it and it, the water still has to be able to get into the concrete to escape yeah and he was just like uh, oh and then at that point my brain was still trying to reboot <laughs> yeah. so it was it was real awkward i felt real awkward i'm sure i made him feel real awkward as i just stared at the ipad for at least a solid 20 seconds trying to compute what the fuck he just said to me yeah no i get it i get it i was i was all sorts of lost and now i just want an animated gif of me just sitting in a chair staring at an ipad with like the buffering (laughs) simple on my forehead no i i don't get that because i have adhd as well i feel like my attention span is i feel like my attention span isn't normal my attention span isn't normal um 
<laughs> I have attention deficit hyperactive disorder. I feel like my attention isn't normal. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, dude. And so the amount of times where I like, you know, the typical, oh, you have ADHD. What's that? A butterfly? You know, that joke. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, ADHD isn't like that. It's smaller things. It's like walking into a room and forgetting why you're there. It's, you know, constantly wiggling or moving or tapping a pen or, you know, not like... <laughs> but like the amount of times where I'm in a conversation with someone and they're talking to me and I stop hearing what they're saying because something has distracted me has gotten me in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> See, mine's not necessarily that, but you and I have talked about how sensitive our ears yeah. are due to multiple ear like really bad ear yeah. infections. And so therefore, my brain will focus on the loudest noise to where it drowns people out. Yeah. So like whenever I'm having a conversation with someone, if there's anything that's even remotely louder than their speaking voice, my brain shuts it off. Yeah. And I don't hear it. So I have to ask them to repeat it again. And then if there's still loud noises, I don't get it. And I, I've i had it happen to where I've had to ask somebody three or four times and then... Just nod and smile. It just gets to the point where I'm just like, yeah, just laugh yeah, it how off. How many like, times can you ask <laughs> someone funny. to repeat themselves before it's awkward? <laughs> After the first time, it's right, awkward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the amount of times where I'm like, I'm like, or I'll notice something about their face. Like they'll have an eyelash or, or they're like, I just like see their teeth for the first time. I don't know. Like it can be literally anything. And then I'm thinking about the fact that I'm thinking about that and that I should be thinking about what they're saying. And I, and because my mind is in like seven different bunny holes, I'm not thinking about what, I'm not hearing them at all. I don't, I don't know what they're saying. You're too focused on not hearing what they're saying to actually be hearing what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and it happens all the time. Sometimes it happens when I'm with my psychologist as well, which I know she gets it because she's a psychologist, but she'll be like asking me a question and then I'll just be like, um, and she's like, did you hear the question? I'm like, yes. And she's like, did you in, did the question like actually intake into your body? And I, no, (laughs) no, I didn't. (laughs) I, I wish I had friends that could do that to me. Yeah. Because I'm the person that will call people out on that. Yeah. To where I'm just like, I'll ask them something, and then they'll just sit there for a second. I'm like, did you hear me? They're like, yes. And I was like, did you understand what I said? No. Yeah. <laughs> no comprendo. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk some more about plugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you enjoyed the voice that accompanied me here today, she has a Twitch channel that she never streams (laughs) to, but it's there if she ever decides to stream again. How long am I going to keep plugging this? Who knows? But you can find her on there at twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender, Instagram and Twitter at blue lavender STM. If you want life updates, art updates, stuff like that. She also has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean, which if you like doggo photos, please go check it out because those are being updated like once a day right now. And that makes my heart happy. Yeah, yeah, Miss Bean. Because Bean is best Bean. Mm -hmm. I took a picture of her today that's very unflattering to upload tomorrow and I'm excited for everyone's reactions. Yay. Well, I mean, you know, you're not going to get a bad reaction out of me and our mutual friend. So, you know, Um, we'll find something to compliment about it. Don't you worry. (laughs) It's a very cute picture. It's just very unflattering. Um, 
But yeah, if you like Brad, you can find him on Twitch. He's streaming all the dang time now. He is at Brad Carter Gaming there. He's also Brad Carter Gaming on Instagram as well. So nice, consistent platforms for the him, them, who that person over there and uh he also runs our handy danny instagram and twitter and all of the socials for our podcast here at bnb anime across the board we're also on youtube at bnb anime where i still haven't uploaded the thing because i'm late and behind and i'm sorry okay (laughs) but yeah we have also got all of our episodes on there so you can go and listen to all of our archives on youtube and then uh, drop your opinions, thoughts, comments, all that kind of stuff down in the comment section on the YouTube videos or in our DMs. Remember, we are just two idiots that like watching anime. We have no qualifications. So we love to hear your guys' opinions and thoughts as well so that we can like bounce ideas off of each other of people who, who enjoy anime in the anime community. That's what we do here. <laughs> and also, if you have any thoughts and opinions or ideas of what we should cover in the future, also drop those down in the comments or in those DMs. We love to hear from you. Yeah, we also have a website. Forgot about that. Our website is www.bnbanimate.com where we have all of our archived episodes, as well as links to your favorite listening platform, as well as behind the scenes information on both Brad and I, links to our IMDb pages where you can get caught up on all of our voice acting, producing, directing, credit things that we've been doing. Very excited. And friends of the podcast as well, all super duper exciting on the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, Chihai Furu. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.